What's up? What's going on? Welcome back in. This is the Empire State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Grady. As always, we're brought to you by MetsmerizeOnline.com and USA Today Sports. Want to thank our sponsor, Chamber Sports Performance, for being a part of the team. You can like, rate, review, subscribe. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Empire State of Mind Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Empire State Pod. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube as well. Make sure to follow for all the newest content and the newest episodes. Today, as we record this episode, it is a story day in Mets history as it is June 1st, 2021, and nine years ago today, Johan Santana, for the first time in franchise history, goes and throws a new no-hitter against the St. Louis Cardinals. 134 pitches thrown that night. No hits. Well, unless you talk to Carlos Beltran, he may have a different story to tell. But I bring this up because as we get in today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit of history about ourselves. Like I said, this is a conversation between us and you out there in the listening audience. And part of that conversation is understanding who's having it with you. So we have on MetsmerizeOnline.com executive editor Rob Pearsall, been with the company a long, long time now, and he's going to break down the past, present, and future of MetsmerizeOnline.com, the Empire State of Mind podcast, and everything that is blue and orange for all the content that you love and you get every day at MetsmerizeOnline. All right, welcome back in. Want to thank all of you for joining us again on the Empire State of Mind podcast. As always, we are presented by Metsmerize Online and USA Today Sports. Want to thank our sponsor, Chamber Sports Performance, for being a part of the family. And speaking of family, well, we have a family member here joining us this week. Executive editor, Metsmerized Online. Yes, folks, that means he's my boss. <laughs> Rob, you're all joining us. Rob, thank you so much for being a part of the Empire State of Mind podcast. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's a pleasure to be to be with you today. Absolutely. Like I said to the, the listeners all season so far, this is a conversation. That's who I want from this podcast is a conversation between ourselves and the fans. And there's no better way to get to know the people bringing you the content all season than actually sitting down with them. So this is a chance for you to get to know us a little bit better, to get to know the story of Mets Marais a little bit better. Cause yeah, the Mets are sitting 26 and 20 right now at time of recording big win over the Rockies on Memorial day. Things are going great. Unless your name is Noah Syndergaard. So we can talk about the Mets all season long, but we want to talk about us. So Rob, first and foremost, what brought you to Mets Marais to begin with? So I was a, um, I believe I was a freshman in college and I had kind of made the switch from reading Mets blog. Uh, I was a big Mets blog 
disciple uh, kind of in the early days of Twitter and um, uh, kind of my, you know, growing up. Um, and I just wasn't really getting that fill from them. Um, I wasn't getting what I really desired. I kind of felt there's a little bit of a noticeable um, shift where I felt like they weren't covering stuff as uh, in depth as I would have liked. And so I, I, I kind of scored the internet. Um, I was part of some Mets Facebook groups. I would see articles from Metsmerize and Amazing Avenue uh, posted in the groups. And there was something about Metsmerize that just attracted me to them. So I, I started to frequent their sites whenever I would be looking for um, Mets news and opinions. And I really liked that they didn't sugarcoat anything. And so I was getting a lot of, um, there's a lot of really great pieces on the site uh, from a lot of really polished writers who weren't holding any punches. They were really just, uh, there was more of a, um, there was more of a independent kind of feel to it where it was like, they weren't sugarcoating matters with the team. And it was at a time where the Mets were kind of at the back end of their rebuild. This was 2014. And so, you know, right before they went to the world series in 2015, but they had just spent the last several years rebuilding. There were so many issues with the will ponds as we're so, uh, you know, accustomed to. And I really just liked how they were covering the team uh, at that time. And so I didn't really have much writing experience. I was undeclared in college. I knew I wanted to do something, whether it be communications or writing. Um, and so I was taking some classes here and there and Metsmerize had a tab at the top of their, their website at the time that just said, write for us. And there was a little description from um, Joe DeCaro who, who started the site several, several years prior, uh, just like a little couple of paragraphs about, you know, what they required if you wanted to write for them. So I took a small writing sample from one of the classes I was taking at the time and just sent it in on a whim, sent the email, uh, kind of forgot about it. And several days later, I got an email from Joe saying that um, he wanted me to join the recap team for the upcoming season. And so I was really excited. I was really excited to have, you know, a little byline there to have something published on a site that I was reading. Um, you know, that was my name. And so you know, I got introduced to the site uh, and this was before we even really, now we, we primarily talk on Twitter, but everything was done really pretty much via email at that point. So he emailed me all of my uh, login credentials and, um, you know, gave me the, the run of the mill um, of how to write a recap. And um, he said, if you want to write anything else as well, you know, WordPress is open to you. Um, you know, one of our editors will look at it, you know, and we'll, you know, we publish it, we'll let you know. If we don't, we'll let you know. And so, you know, I joined the site and maybe a day or two later, Johan Santana signed with the Orioles and I had seen it on Twitter or whatever. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, I went to Metsmerize, didn't look like anyone was working on it. So I just submitted the piece and it got published. So that was my first piece that was published for Metsmerize seven years ago. Um, and uh, it was really a rush. It was really nice to, to see my name published. It never happened before. This is my first writing opportunity. And so, um, yeah, it was really exciting. Joe reached out to me, told me I did a great job. And the rest was kind of history. I started doing recaps. Uh, and then I ultimately worked my way up to a senior writer. So I was covering news. I was writing opinion pieces. 
And then uh, in 2017, I joined the editorial staff. So uh, I've seen many different iterations of Metsmerized. Um, and I think that the kind of the, 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 the main foundation has never changed, but it's been cool to see it grow over the, over the years. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned Johan Santana as we sit here uh, recording on June 1st, nine years to the day that uh, he threw 134 pitches in the first ever no-hitter for the Mets. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob Pearsall joining us. And Rob, you, you mentioned a couple of things in there. And what I want to touch upon, dropped Amazing Avenue, Mets blog, some of the um, other sites that are out there. You know, there's one more that we just, we won't mention at this point in time. They don't need any more hype. Um, <laughs> what, what has made your experience here at Metsmerize different? than if say you went to one of those other competitors that you, you know, we came up reading on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I, so I actually have written for fan sided um, as well, you know, and they have a giant network of sports. I've written about the, uh, the New Jersey devils for them. Um, and uh, I was actually the, the uh, site expert for uh, their Dodger site for a little bit. And um you know, both those were kind of after I had already been writing for Metsmerize and, you know, not to take anything away from them. They have a great network, but it, it definitely feels a lot more intimate writing for Metsmerize, if that makes sense. Like it feels a lot less, uh, it feels a lot more comfortable. Like it feels like everyone's really a family and you're, you're, you're hanging out with your friends and you guys have this, you know, you're covering this team that you all love so much. And, and, you know, when the Mets are good, it's so fun and it's so, exciting to be able to share that with so many people um, that you care about and you work with on a daily basis. Um, and so I think that writing for Metsmerize was a really positive experience for me because I didn't, while I didn't have a point of reference at that point, um, I think it was such a good starting, starting point for me, um, getting to know Joe DeCaro really well. And now I've known him for seven years, but he always gave me such positive reinforcement. Um, when I did a really good job, he'd let me know, you know, if I missed a mark on something, he'd let me know if I made a mistake, you know, he cut me a lot of slack and, you know, he kind of always believed in me over the years and, um, you know, and I was rewarded and I'm, I've been very lucky to, to forge so many different friendships and write some really important articles and, I think just the freedom that's come with it as well too, where it's like, he's put his trust into me and the editorial staff to, to run his site on a daily basis. Um, and to also, if we have an idea, you know, unless it's really off the wall or something that's really just, you know, we've covered maybe kind of ad nauseum or whatever it is, we have a lot of freedom to, to, to write about those things that are, that are on our mind. And so I think that's kind of what separates Metsmerize from the pack, at least in my mind, you know, and it, it really is, um, it really is a family, you know? So I think that, that, that aspect of it is really what's appealing to me and what's always been appealing to me. You can follow the family, obviously at Metsmerized online. You can follow Rob on Twitter at RT Pearsall, P-I-E-R-S-A-L-L. So Rob, one of the things that you had talked about, you know, working with the people that you love, covering the things that you loved, how did you come to love the boys in blue and orange? So it's a funny story, actually. I, uh, I don't know, man, I must've been five or six years old. And a lot of my classmates in school, I went to, I went to Catholic school growing up. So it was small, you know, so my class was 20, 30 kids. And, um, 
you know, there's a lot of, yeah, I live in Yonkers. I live right outside the Bronx. So a lot of people I grew up with are Yankee fans. Uh, the, the Mets fans in my class were kind of outnumbered. And so the Yankee logo, I think in general is so symbolic and you see it everywhere. And um, so I remember talking to my parents in my living room and uh, telling them that I wanted to be a Yankee fan. And they were kind of just like, all right, well, if you want to be a Yankee fan, that's fine. But we're not going to take you to any Yankee games. And because my, both my parents are Mets fans. And so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan. And so uh, the rest is kind of history from there. Um, and uh, so I went to my first game in 2001. Uh, Mike Piazza was my favorite player. Uh, I remember, you know, pretty vividly too. Uh, I saw the Mets play the Blue Jays in the summer of 2001. And um, I was sitting right behind home plate and Edgardo Alfonso actually fouled the ball into my section and the ball landed right next to me. And my dad's yelling at me to get the ball. He's like, Brett, Robbie, get the ball, get the ball. But I froze up. I was so scared. And I think the guy behind me ended up with the ball. And my dad started, you know, talking to the guy behind us, like kind of organically as the game went on and mentioned that it was my first game. And the guy actually gave me the, the foul ball. So I still have that ball to this day, foul ball from Edgardo Alfonso. And, uh, yeah, just going to Shea, growing up, getting those butterflies as, you know, you'd approach the stadium, you'd see those silhouettes and neon on the facing of the stadium. It was a kind of an unmatched feeling, you know, just going into Shea and seeing the whole stadium open in front of you. Um, I just loved it. I loved the, the, the blue and orange. I loved Mike Piazza, as I mentioned. He's my favorite player of all time, seeing him in person and um, – just being a Mets fan, everything kind of culminating together and, and how it, it was so harmonious uh, is really what made me uh, become a Mets fan and stay a Mets fan all these years later. And that's, that's a great story. And I mean, everyone's got their own different way that they got here, but it, it seems like once you do get here, it's really hard to, to leave and not give your all for this team. But I mean, you mentioned Piazza 2001. We're coming up on the 20-year anniversary, 2021 this year, September 11th. Yankees will be at City Field for uh, the game. It'll be a Saturday night broadcast. How's your boy get some credentials for that? You know, we can go to that. Right? <laughs> Mesmerize is getting us tickets for that. Hey, man, you know, uh, you find out how we can get there, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, so But Rob Pearsall, executive editor of Mesmerize Online, joining us. Rob, where, where's the website going next? What is in the future for Metsmerize Online? I, I, think the, I think the exciting part about Metsmerize, at least like since I've seen it over the last several years, is just how much more, um, I think how much more respect we get in the community. Not that we didn't to begin with, but like, I just think that uh, you have people that write for us you know, like Michael Mayer, uh, who is a co-executive editor with me, who has really made um, a, a mark on uh, the Mets sphere and, and how the, the sources that he's developed. And, you know, he did a really terrific job this offseason. Um, he was kind of the first one that reported that they were working on a deal with Taiwan Walker. Uh, he was pretty much first on them saying that they were going to trade Stephen Matz. Um, so he's 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 about as good as they come, man. I mean, he's, he's right up there with the, the beat reporters for, um, you know, Newsday, MLB.com. He's, he does a terrific job and he works, 
harder than anybody I know running our adjacent site. And that's miners. He does a terrific job. He knows more about the minor league system than practically anybody I know. Um, but I think it's also, you know, a feather in our cap too. And we have guys that have written for us go on and, and, and do even bigger and better things. You know, Jacob Resnick, who is a big part of, um, you know, mesmerized uh, the last few years writes for SNY now, uh, Pat Ragazzo, uh, who's been terrific for us, uh, you know, recently just got a job with Sports Illustrated to cover the Mets uh, with one of their new uh, fan sites. Um, and there's been many, many people that have come through Mets Rise and have gone on to do great things. But it's been really great to see uh, our Twitter following grow, um, to see the, the relationships we've built with sources, with players. You know, Marcus Stroman is a guy who I was able to interview a few months ago, uh, who reads our site on a regular basis and has always really supported us. And, um, you know, I think that it's just been cool to see how much more respect we've gotten um, from people all over Twitter and to be able to forge relationships with the players and uh, different media members and and sources and everything like that. So um, I think that's only going to continue going forward. And I think that, uh, you know, we're kind of just scratching the surface of what we're going to be able to accomplish going forward so well when you talk about the community you talk about the family all those things that i'm now proud to be a part of i know again we we take shots at it's all friendly competition because we all love the same team you know one of the Mm. things that is known about the seven line is their outings their trips their the, the army that community there's 10,000 plus strong with Mesmerize Online right now. How how is this community rallying together to kind of take that next step? Yeah, you know, I think that like you, I think you made a good point. You know, it's kind of like there there's always going to be uh, at the end of the day we all love the same team, right? But uh, you know, there's always going to be a little rifts between different pockets of the fan bases and and um, you know people who don't have the same opinions of players and you know, someone might love Conforto and another person might hate Conforto and someone might, you know, really like JD Davis. And there's someone who can't stand them. And there's people that love Rojas and other people that think he sucks. So, you know, there's always going to be little people, there's going to be disagreements, even if you are rooting for the same team as a whole. Um, You know, I think uh, for the most part, we have really good readers, um, you know, on our site and on Twitter, Um, you know, a lot of interactions, a lot of people, who who are interested, right? And they're they're curious and they're always asking us questions. And I think that's a really cool thing too, where it's like where people ask me questions directly on Twitter, right? They'll be like, well, what do you think about so and so? What do you think about you know Jerry's Familia's uh, great start to start the season? You know, so they clearly value our opinion, right? And so it's like it's nice to be able to communicate. And I think that's what's so cool about like the way that news has developed and like being able to use the internet and Twitter uh, to our advantage, being members of the media is that, that, that barrier between readers and people that are writing about the team has really shrunk. And, and even, you know, from our, our standpoint, you know, I, you know, I, I talked to, you know, I asked questions to Justin Toscano or Tim Healy, you know, who covered the team. And, um, you know, something you really aren't, weren't able to do before the internet, right? Like you weren't going to be able to just 
talk to the beat reporter unless you maybe saw them at the game or you ran into them at the supermarket or something. Right. So I could send a tweet right now to Justin Toscano, you know, and the fact that he can answer me and we could have a conversation is really cool. And I think the same thing goes for our readership talking to us, you know, and uh, you know, it's kind of like really shrunk the gap between certain pockets of the fan base, which I think is really important and really cool. And if you guys want to hear me ask questions to Justin Toscano, go right ahead into the archives, check out episode seven. No, no, I'm looking. So episode five, he's on there. We got, so you can listen to me ask a few questions to a beat writer as well, but no, I want to thank Rob for joining us. want to thank Rob for having me join the family and being part of this conversation today. Uh, Rob, thank you so very much. Look, we've been gas bagging for a little bit, so we got to give them something before we get out of here. Like I said, Mets 26 and 20 in first place. Got the Diamondbacks and the Padres coming up to start June. Rob, it's still a mash unit. What's going on with the Mets and where are we going this year? I mean, you look at the fan graphs odds for uh, odds to make the playoffs. Uh, the Mets are 84% at this point in the season by fan graphs uh, chances to make the, to make the postseason. Uh, those are pretty, those are pretty amazing odds. Um, no one's running away with the NL East. Um, you know, the Braves have really struggled. The Phillies have struggled. The nationals are kind of uh, dwelling in the cellar in the NL East. Uh, the Marlins, you know, are probably a year or two away from really being uh, serious as well. So the Mets can kind of, uh, stave off the Braves, stave off the Phillies and kind of just continue to, 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 to pull some victories out as they kind of replenish their team with guys returning from injury. Um, I think once they get back to full health or as close to full health as they can, um, I don't see why they can't win this division. Um, you know, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Um, you know, the brave, uh, the, sorry, the Dodgers and the Padres are going to be tough competition but we saw what happened in 2015, you know, where the Mets beat a Cubs team that was kind of better than them, you know, and they beat a Dodgers team that was about equal to them. Um, so anything can really happen. You know, you just got to get to the postseason and get hot at the right time and then anything can happen. So uh, you got to believe, right? That's the, that's the mantra that we've all become so accustomed to buying into. Um, you know, we got to just trust the process and believe in Uncle Steve. That is it for us this week. Want to thank our guest, Rob Pearsall, once again for joining us, executive editor of MetsmerizedOnline.com. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at RT Pearsall. Make sure you follow all of the MetsmerizedOnline.com accounts, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you go out, like, rate, review, and follow us. That's right, the Empire State of Mind podcast on Twitter at Empire State Pod, on Instagram at Empire State of Mind Pod. I'm your host, Zachary Grady. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UZigOmZag. That's it for us this week. So until next week, always remember, keep looking at life with an Empire State of Mind. Thank you.